in my teaching this summer, this is going to be the first time we're going to be out here and we're going to have a lot more people over the next several Saturdays, but in my speaking, I'm going to kind of change the way I speak. This is, a, this is what you're going to be see, hearing more from me this summer. Um, I'll, give you, I'll give you five things just real fast before I get into the main content of what I want to talk about today. Um, firstly, I'm going to be really focusing on stories. You know, I, I have the holy book here in my hands, and if you actually look at the holy book, it's, it's, it's a long story. It's a long string of stories about real people. And um, like even though it's a holy book and they're holy stories, they're actually, some of the stories are pretty sordid. Some of these stories would be, would be R-rated if they, were, if they were put to film and in and, and really graphic ways. Um, these, these are, these are, this is a holy book with holy stories, but it's stories about real life people that are messed up and about dysfunctional families, like you're talking about guys who end up with multiple wives. They, um, you're talking about siblings who try and kill each other, and then they realize, well, you know, uh, if we just kill this guy, we're not going to make any money off him, so let's sell him into slavery instead, and uh, at least make a buck off of him. So the, these are the kinds of people you read about in the Holy Book. I mean, even, um, even Messiah's apostles themselves, these guys were, had, were pretty broken. They ended up fighting about who is... Who is, the, who is the greatest and wanting to be the best and they just really didn't get it, right? They had pretty thick skulls. But anyway, the main point there is like if we read the holy book as a string of stories about real people, it's going to come to life for us. We're really going to begin to connect with, uh, with, with, with what the author of this book is trying to communicate when he wrote it through this long lineup of, of his prophets throughout history. And uh, so that's what I'm really going to focus on. Um, we read in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13, verse 33, about our great teacher himself. And it says, He never spoke to the crowds without a parable. A parable is like an analogy. It's a story form. It's like truth given in a story form, right? And so it says he never spoke to the crowds without, without telling stories. And so, I mean, hey, I, I can't do better than him. If that was his, if that was his way of communicating, then that, I want that to be my way of communicating also as we gather with, uh, with our friends and with whoever shows up here at the park this summer. Um, another reason I really like stories is like we can relate to stories. Like when you hear a story, it really sucks you in. Like maybe when you were growing up at some point, maybe your parents read you a story and, and before you knew it, like an hour passed or a couple hours or maybe like, I remember one time we were listening to this audio uh, Western story of, um, by Louis the Moore, like a fa famous Western author. And um, hey, hey. And, and like I was so sucked in, I think we, we were driving and four hours later all of a sudden the story was over and I couldn't believe it was four hours. Because like when you, when you just, a story draws you in, you find yourself in the story, you're, you're living the story, right? And often you can identify with someone in the story, like I loved reading Louis L'Amour's Western novels when I was growing up because they were about, they were about heroes. It seems like the typical Western um, hero in Louis L'Amour's stories, he was like six foot two to six foot four, and he weighed 220 to 240 pounds, and he was like really solid, and they were always really noble, and they always like pursued the girl in a noble way, and they fought battles, but they, they didn't like love violence, and so I loved reading those stories, right, because I saw men depicted in these stories that I wanted to be like, so it's kind of cool. Hey, feel free to join us if you want to come and sit down or whatever. We're going to be like hanging out in the park every Saturday around now for the summer and I'm just going to be doing spiritual talks and stuff. So, just so you know. Cool, man. Cool, man. Yeah. But, yeah, so anyway, I, I'm really into stories. And um, 
here's the cool thing. Like if you're talking, let's say you're communicating like some kind of systematic ideology or whatever, lists of facts. It's some it's stuff that goes in our ears and often goes right out the other ear. But when you tell a story, people's imaginations are captured. Immediately, like they can see the people in this story. They can watch the action as it unfolds across like the, the panoply of their minds, right? That's that's what stories do. And when and when you just hear something, you're probably gonna forget it. But when you see something, even if you're just imagining it, it's very likely that it'll lock in your mind and you'll remember it. And you'll be able to tell that story later. Um, we live in a culture where most people go to school and graduate from high school and supposedly can read, but most people never actually enjoy reading. Most people don't like, don't read a lot of books after high school or even read a lot of books after college. Um, we, mo we more prefer to communicate through visual methods like uh, movies or um, through social media and like basically if, you better, you better be able to say whatever you have to say in like 140 characters or less, that kind of idea, right? And so our, our culture's preferred method of learning is um, it's not like through books and systematic thought so much. More often, it's through like telling stories and keeping it really personal and authentic. And that's why I'm going to be telling a lot of stories this summer as we gather in the park here. So that's, that's the first thing you're going to be hearing a lot of me th from me this summer is a lot of storytelling. Telling stories from the holy book about people that were very real life. Um, in my talks, I'm really going to be focusing on Yeshua of Nazareth and who he was. Um, basically, like, you know, in our community, we, we read several chapters from the Holy Book every week, and we're all on the same page, quite, quite literally. We're all on the same page. And so, you know, at the end of the week, we're going to get together. We're, get, we're gathering in homes on Friday nights to have spiritual discussions about this material. And then we'll also be gathering here in the park, and I'll be doing some talks based on it also. And so the first question I'm going to be asking in these talks, there are going to be four main questions. The first one is just going to be, who was Yeshua of Nazareth and what can we know about this guy? Um, I think that's important because, you know, very often today, maybe, you, maybe you've heard people like, quote, preaching the gospel and they say stuff like, if you ask Jesus into your heart, you will go to heaven when you die. Or if you do these things, then you will... Uh, You'll have a great life in the afterlife or in whatever. But quite often, like, when you hear religious people talk, they talk about the afterlife and what you have to do to, you know, to be set up for the afterlife. And it's almost like fire insurance, right? You just don't want to, you know, go to hell or whatever. But um, listen to this. This is something that Jesus of Nazareth said in the Gospel of John, chapter 17, verse 3. He said, This is eternal life, that they may know you, the one true God, and Yeshua the Messiah. Jesus the Christ, whom you sent. And so, did you hear that? He said, eternal life starts right now. And eternal life is all about knowing our Creator. Like having that personal rapport with Him. Having a friendship with Him. That's what eternal life is. So it's not about going to heaven when you die. It's not about the afterlife. It's about the now life. Right? And did you know, so um, if that's what our lives are all about, knowing Him, then I, I want my talks to be all about that also. Um, there was a, one, of the, one of the early agents of Messiah's kingdom, uh, the Apostle Paul. He, he, started a, he started the circle of disciples. And uh, it was like the party capital of the world 2,000 years ago, the city of Corinth. And uh, later he wrote them a letter. And this is what he said in it. He said, I determined to know nothing, while I was with you guys, I determined to know nothing among you except Yeshua the Messiah and him crucified. So, you know, when this guy Paul would talk, he just had a really simple focus on who was Jesus of Nazareth. And uh, that's the kind of focus that I want to have too. 
Okay, that's, so that's the first question I'll be asking. The second question I will be asking is, um, what does this reading from the Holy Book, or what does this story tell us about the kingdom of Jesus of Nazareth? Like, you know, as, as followers of Jesus of Nazareth, it's like we're in this kingdom, right? And that's really hard for us to understand because we live in a democracy. But when we become followers of Jesus of Nazareth, it's like we enter into his kingdom. It's like we step into that dimension. It's like... Um, we step out of the matrix and we can go into the matrix and kind of see the, the matrix of the world system, but we live outside of it. We're bigger than that, right? We live in the kingdom. And so as, as we go over these stories this summer, I'm going to be asking, what does this story tell us about his kingdom, about his kingdom culture that we want to see growing in our midst as a community? What does this story tell us about his kingdom? Here are a couple, here are a couple of scriptures from, from uh, the Holy Book about that. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4, verse 43, we hear Yeshua of Nazareth. Um, he, he, he gets up in the morning, really early in the morning to pray, and he's off by himself. And like the crowds are looking for the guy, right? And finally his disciples find him. And he says, guys, we've got we to gotta get moving to the next town. And then he says, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also, for I was sent for this purpose. So Yeshua of Nazareth says, I, I'm on a mission to proclaim God's kingdom. So we've got to stay on the road. We've got to keep traveling. Because some people don't know that the Creator is still, He's still around. He's still watching out for people and taking care of them. And, um, and He's still the King. And, uh, and a great King He is. He's a, he's a generous King. And so He says, we've got, I've got to talk about the Kingdom. Um, there was another guy that came to Yeshua and he said, you know, listen, listen, I'll be your disciple, I'll follow you, but uh, i got to go take care of some family business at home, right? And um, it's kind of funny, Yeshua's kind of a hardliner with him, he challenges the guy and he says, listen, you've got to follow me right now if you're going to follow me. He says, allow the dead to bury their own dead, but as for you, you go and proclaim everywhere the kingdom of God. So he said, this is your job, you go everywhere and just talk about who, who the creator of the universe is, who your king is. And um, if, he's a, if he's good, then that means you're going to bring goodness wherever, wherever you are. If he is a healer, then that means you're, you're going to bring his healing with you into, every, into family settings or into your circle of friends or even into hospitals and stuff because that's his kingdom. And then finally, Yeshua also said, you know, a lot of people, they spend their whole lives worrying about how they're going to pay the bills, where the next paycheck is going to come from, all of these things, how are they going to pay, pay, make the next uh, payment on the loan, or maybe, or, or the mortgage or something. And, uh, and Yeshua says, you know what? Don't run after that stuff. If you really focus on the Creator's kingdom and look for that, He's going to take care of you. He's going to provide for all your needs. Look at the birds. I mean, you never see birds really starving. They, and they don't work all day. The Creator takes care of them, so no worries. He'll take care of you too. Seek His kingdom. So that's the second thing I'm going to be asking. What does this story tell us about Yeshua of Nazareth's kingdom and His kingdom culture? Uh, the third thing I'm going to be asking is, what is the good news in this story? Um, you know, if you, if you, uh, if you like, just read the front page of a newspaper. If you uh, tune into a... If you get on a news website, if you flick on the, if you flick on like the evening news or whatever, maybe you've noticed this, but most of it is negative. Most of it is about all the bad things that people do, all their problems, you know, whatever. It's like whatever, whatever can get the highest shock value. Whatever can get people to be like, wow, I can't believe that person murdered their own child, blah, blah, blah. Then they'll put it up there, right? And so basically, in our culture, what we get is this steady stream of negativity. We just get this endless barrage of bad news, right? And people are just numbed down 
to it. They don't even realize that, that they're being fed like constant negativity. And it's breaking them down eventually, right? And, and that's what we have in our culture. So, you know, I, I, I would totally say, like, if it's bad news, just, just ignore it if you can. Look for the good news, because there's just as much, if not more, good news in this world as there's bad news. It's just the media doesn't want to give you the good news because it doesn't have the same pizzazz, right? It doesn't sell as well. So another thing I'm going to be asking as we read these stories from the Holy Book is, what does, what's the good news in this story? What, 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 how, does this, how does this story tell us about the good news of Yeshua and his kingdom? That kind of idea. And then that's going to be the third question. And then finally, the fourth question I'm going to be asking as we, as we cover these stories and as I give these spiritual talks this summer is, what does this, this story tell us about how we can follow Yeshua? You know, we are disciples of Jesus of Nazareth. As a community, that's what we're about. And so what does this story tell us about how we can follow him? Um, what are the practical applications we could get from this story? How's it going to change how we do life? Do we have any like, kind of assignments we can take home to, to execute um, in, in, our, in our families or in our neighborhoods? That kind of idea, right? So, the, so that, I'm going to be really keying in on the stories in the, from the Holy Book. And then I'm going to be asking the question, what does this story tell us about who Yeshua of Nazareth is? What does it tell us about his kingdom, his kingdom's culture? What does this tell us about the good, good news about him? What kind of good news do we get out of this? And then finally, what does it tell us about how we can follow him? How we can be better disciples on a really practical level? So you can watch for that.